Welcome to The Take, where I sit down with artists, filmmakers, and world-class raconteers. We talk about story, life in the biz, and what it all means. Today I sit down with writer-director Isaac Medeiros. At the age of 23, Isaac has already watched 20,000 films and made five features. What impressed me most about Isaac's films is that they don't feel like they have a small budget. They feel like big Hollywood films, yet he's making them on micro budgets. Isaac mentioned that the location is probably the most important factor in making your film feel like it has a bigger budget than it really does. In Bring Me the Head of Trapper Flint, Isaac was able to get access to a small western town and the rest is history. Isaac has such a love for cinema and it comes through so strongly in all of his films. Each one of his films has such a vintage feel to them. And in fact, all five of his feature films are historical pieces. Isaac mentioned that he's really not interested in making a movie set in modern times. Without further ado, I give you Isaac Medeiros. I'm glad you're, uh, you came down the hill. Oh, yeah, no worries. Yeah. Couldn't find the fucking place. I was like, where is it? You and Michaels, Small man. You, you too. You I two. went up to the gas station. You I'm did not. Oh, the gas station. I'm going by the hamburger joint. I'm like, Laurel. Okay, Laurel's back there, but the street sign's like further up the street. I'm like, can't take a left here. Where am I going to go? There's no way. You, <laughs> doesn't you, make did, sense. You, did you listen to uh, Root Michael Velasario's podcast? Uh, yes, I did. Okay, yeah. so the intro is him not being able to find it. You couldn't <laughs> find it. Find he, a he was, <laughs> I was like, you grew up here. He was like three blocks away. You guys are meant to live together. Yeah, I know it's true. But well, we always go that way. I'm not used to coming this way. Yeah, well, Laurel is interesting here because it, it doesn't continue through Santa Monica. It, kinda, no, it stops. And the phone's got like take a right on Route 66, kind of at this little corner, and I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> is going on? I can't find it. No, so yeah, all well, your guests are gonna get lost on the way here, but yeah, well, once they get here, though, <laughs> now we know how to get. It'll back. be like a, a, a refuge. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Lost, <laughs> lost on Santa Monica Boulevard. Where is that? <laughs> Santa Monica Boulevard. Bro, that's far out, man. That's awesome. Um, so I just want to like throw uh, a quote at you that I that you wrote on your Facebook. Okay. Which is that you've watched twenty thousand movies, made five feature films. Made five, yeah. That's and that's twenty is a rough number, but it's right in around there. So yeah. on the lower side, you think you watch more than that? No, no, definitely not no. more than that. Okay. Um, but it's definitely in that range because mm-hmm. when I was a little kid, you know, I grew up in Alaska. Small town, about a hundred people, and all I had to do was sit around and watch movies all day. That was about it, you know. So I'd grow up watching Roy Rogers, Gene Autry, Hoplon Cassidy. I love the singing cowboys, and all the black and white pictures, the Charlie Chaplin movies, the Marx Brothers, Laurel and Hardy. And uh, yeah, after you know just years of watching movies in this little town, you, you rack up quite a few, and then you just keep it going, man. I love movies. That's awesome. I'm obsessed. Yeah, so, that's a, you got to be that way. So many. Yeah, it's a lot of good ones too. What, what's your top five? Top five. Uh, greatest film ever made, hands down. Nothing will ever come close to it. It's American Graffiti, directed by George Lucas. It was his second feature film. Yeah. And it's really the one that got him to make Star Wars off of American Graffiti. And I can see the inspiration for your... Uh, the, all the, the, the Crimson the, Clover the, the, was the picture. Yeah, what is that movie called? Crimson Clover. And yes. that's where you have the hot rods and everything. Hot rods, yeah. That yeah. was fun. I shot that in college when I was 18. That was my first actual You were 18 when you shot that? Yeah, first one. And uh, I was st- still wanted to be an actor back then, so yeah. I was doing both. And after movie number two, I was like, no, I never want to act again. Um, but American Graffiti, Goodfellas, Scorsese is the man. And that's just the most visually stunning movie you could ever possibly watch. 
Uh, number three would probably be uh, McCabe and Mrs. Miller by Robert Altman, uh, 1971. It's the best Western film that's ever been made. A big inspiration for Trapper. Okay. Um, number four would be Badlands by Terrence Malick. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just a masterpiece. And it's also the film that inspired True Romance, Natural Born Killers, California. Uh, so many of those, you know, lovers on the run. Road, Bonnie yeah. and Clyde kind of Bonnie shit. Bonnie and Clyde, yeah. Yeah, which I love too. And uh, number five, probably Inglorious Bastards. Oh man, I'm love, so glad you I said that. Quentin. I'm so glad you That's said that. That's my favorite movie. Quentin movie too. I, I, if my, you know what? When he looks at the camera at the end, he goes, "I think this might be my, my masterpiece." Yeah. I mean, he's that is self-aware. Like, it's oh, it's, but it's beautiful. Oh, it's fucking amazing. You know that movie. That that's one of my all time favorite movies. Oh, too. it's stunning! It's, it's stunning. Uh, I, I love everyone loves Pulp Fiction. I do too. Yeah, it's, it's also a masterpiece, and I love Django. I love Hateful Eight. I love Kill Bill. Yeah. But there's something about bastards. It's all the movie references. They kill Hitler in a movie theater. They it's beautiful history. too. It's a perfect like encapsulated movie. <coughs> oh, it's it's like a lot. You know, I mean, I am a huge fan of Tarantino, but you look oh, at even like you know Django, which I love. Oh, it's great. There, there's a lot of. It feels like maybe long in parts. It rambles in places. Rambles. Uh, Inglorious Bastards feels like perfect. Oh, it's to me. tight. Like, Chapter 1, I think, is maybe the best short film ever made. Oh, my God. Like, if that was just a short film where pull they're in the house. Pull out the pipes. Yeah, pull out the pipes. The I'm going to switch back to English, and you're going to follow my masquerade. So, yeah, no, it's... Waltz deserved that Oscar. So, he oh crushed my God. it. Crushed it. Unbelievable. It's not a false note from the actors. Cinematography by Robert Richardson is yeah. exquisite. And, yeah, it's just one of the best no, films ever made. Yeah, um, I like period pieces typically. If I'm watching a more modern film, I like a period piece. It just makes me happy. I, yeah, well, and I, that's all I make. That's, yeah, I've never made. That. I will not make. Michael said it when he was in here. He's like, he won't make any modern movies. Yeah. I won't. I just, I, I can't do it. No, I'm with you on that. There's, there's something special too about watching a, a period piece. It's more fun. And being a part of it, it's more fun. You slip back into a whole different world. You create yeah. your own universe. You get to do something different. I don't like the modern world very much. Yeah. I don't like the music that much. I don't particularly care for the styles. So <laughs> like, why do I want to recreate that? I get to go play in a different world, man. Yeah, it's there's, more fun. There's something about making a, a modern day movie that's, to me, it almost feels like a, a web series. A little bit. Yeah, you it's know, like a TV it, it, show. It's like of. a little TV show like, hey, we, uh, we like you know this new Coca-Cola product that you yeah. just came out, and it's just I don't know. Just that was a stupid either. reference I just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what Coca-Cola. the hell that means. Coca-Cola, it's the new drink. You ever heard of it? There was a Coke commercial in the it was the late sixties or the early seventies. They use it at the end of Mad Men. It was yeah. all the kids on the mountain. I had like to buy the world of Coke and friendship with love or something like that. I forget what the fuck it was, but it is so cool uh, that not you mentioned Coca-Cola. It was dope. Watch that yeah. commercial if you get a chance. I gotta watch it. I, I just saw that Coca-Cola is looking at like. Or researching adding CBD to a to a, oh. a, a Coca Cola drink. That's that's, that's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, right, man. it's uh, funny, right? That's, that is pretty funny. That CBD thing is such like a hot, like yeah. in. That's, that's like the one thing that like my parents will call and be like, "What is the CBD thing?" You know, like it's funny how like one thing will catch on and just yeah. everyone talks about it. That's a trip. Yeah, totally trip. So I got I got to see your film. Um, yeah. Bring me the head of Trapper Flint. Yeah, yeah and I, I was saying to you. Um, before the audio started that you know watching a lot of independent films um i see a lot of stories either go for you know a quote-unquote small story where it's yeah. like we're gonna follow these two actors and they're people in a room two people in a room yeah. and they figure out the story how to make it so that makes sense yeah it works uh, it works but your film being the head of trapper flint like uh the world was huge it had some scope to it, it had some scope and it didn't yeah. feel empty no no it didn't it didn't feel empty at all uh, the trick, and I figured this out when I was like, prior on movie number three, because you know, first two movies I made were just shit. They're terrible. 
I wouldn't show them to a blind dog is what I always say. <laughs> um, and then around num- number three, I did a Western before that called Cold Chains, Hard Hearts, and Bloody Hands. And it wasn't amazing, but it was better. And what I figured out was like, you know, when you don't have much money, production value can be just by going to a location like in the wilderness, something big and epic feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Dennis Hopper said once, he's like, God is the best gaffer in the business because, you know, oh. I mean, you know, so does natural lighting. It's yeah. amazing. And there's all these incredible locations. Just put up a camera and you have an actor walk through, you know, a national park with a blizzard going on. It's going to be cinematic and it only cost me $5. Yeah. Like, and it was easy as fuck to do it. Yeah. So, um, and Trapper was like, okay, we're going to go out. We're going to go in the snow. There's not many Westerns in the snow. Hateful Eight was great. But, yeah. Uh, there's not many. There's one called Day of the Outlaw by, uh, uh, damn, I forget who directed that picture. It wasn't Bud Butiker, but it was something like that. Um, and it was from the 50s, and it's also in the snow. And so I was like, yeah, we'll drag the people out in the, in the snow in the winter, and we'll, you know, do this big Western and get a town and, you know, have the people know. It's tough to get horses in the snow, by the way. Is it a nightmare? Oh, it's a nightmare, man. But yeah, it was fun. We had a yeah. good time doing it. It was, it was, it was a blast. Yeah, that, that's a, I wonder if, like, you know, you're saying there's not a lot of Westerns in the snow. Was it just that these, when, when West, Spaghetti Westerns were all being made, they were like, I don't want to go shoot in the snow. In no, the pretty much, yeah. yeah. There, there is one Spaghetti Western that you mentioned. It. It's amazing. It's an inspiration for the Hate Flight. It's called The Grand Silence. Okay. Um, and it's directed by Sergio Corbucci, 1966, I think. Um, and it's just as with Klaus Kinski, he's in the picture. I love Klaus. Okay. And uh, it is it, Western in the snow, spaghetti Western. And I watched it at the at the New Beverly Cinema. And I'm like, wow, this is cool. There's something more fun about seeing a Western in the snow. No, it is. And the, you have a nice built-in underlight too, and the light hits the yeah, snow. Yeah. It's like a nice reflector on the faces. It's great. Man. And you know, I, you grew up in uh, in Alaska. I grew up in Utah. Like, no, we know it snows. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the snow. Just it, when yeah. there's a movie that's based around snow, it's just I don't know. It's cinematic. It, it is cinematic. It's also a nightmare to film in, though. It's tough. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. Keep cleaning the lenses off, and they keep fogging up because it's so cold. Oh but yeah. I have, like a blow dryer trying to get the lens to defrost. Like, okay, you can yeah. see now. Go. Go. Yeah. That's why I made me think. I did a I did a scene once where I had to be in a. A shower. Oh, it was. It was actually. Like psycho. Yeah, I was, yeah. But uh, they couldn't do hot water because it was fogging up the camera lens. So I was just. They had to put. They, cold showers, they put man. freezing water on me, and I'd act like I wasn't cold. That was maybe the hardest acting thing I've ever done. This is so nice. Uh, yeah. Um, um, yeah. So you know, it's interesting that. Um, Hateful Eight. When I was watching your movie, Trapper Flint, yeah, I was like, similar vein. "This is kind of what I wanted Hateful Eight more to be, in a way, more outside shit." Yeah, because I was almost thinking like, you know, we're talking about the um, shooting in like a independent film, you know, trying to shoot in one location yeah. or something like. Hateful Eight is almost something more Reservoir Dogs. Almost like. for like an independent filmmaker, you could think, "Oh, this is more. This is more my scope to make." It's easier. It's easier. You it got is. one location. I mean, obviously, you have the. Well, the, the, the trick is is when you're doing these kind of pictures for not too big of a budget, is to, as you said, make sure that it's reasonably size and scope. Like I'm not going to be able to get 150 extras out in the snow and do something like that. Like that's, that's too, too charge. Difficult. Yeah. But like the movie I made recently, uh, Elvis, you know, that's mm-hmm. set in the late 70s, and that was the one where I met Michael Belsario, and he was great to work with, and that was, um, you know, set in 1979, and so I figured I could get the production value. Just by being again out in the desert, yeah, and then, you know, having these old cars and doing car chases, but if you keep the scope a little smaller, you can make the story bigger, yeah, in some ways. So yeah, it was it was cool, man. You find you um, have to resort to favors and things like that. Oh to kinda, yeah, yeah. Fa- favors are a big one yeah, all the time, bud. Yeah, like sell your <laughs> firstborn on some of these shoots, pretty yeah. much. It's, it's like when we did Trapper. I mean, 
it was there was one time I because you know like you want to avoid certain rules and red tape and shit like I like being able to have you know guns that blast a big blank huh? yeah you, want and, you know if, if you're following the rules on some of that shit that's going to cost you a lot of money no, yeah, yeah, that stuff. So gun like, wrangler oh or, yeah. my god it'd be a nightmare I'm like I got a $10,000 budget on Trapper Flint how am I going to do this and I don't like CGI gun effect yeah. pretty much it's like I'll just do this with your hand and we'll put the post in later it's, it's not like no same. that's not cool I want to see a big cloud of smoke and fire and, and the actor's going to react differently the noise you know yeah like if you're an actor yeah. you're going to f- see that you're going to feel, feel it, it. Yeah, yeah. we were doing a scene in Trapper actually the, the one when they're in the in the bar and they're gambling for the girls yeah and that stranger rides into town sure. and they draw and shoot each other he was, in the bar. He was amazing by oh, the way Brent, Brent Kubrick yeah, he's no, a he was, good friend of mine yeah he was, he was awesome great. and the other guy Jeff Shea he's terrific he was in Reservoir Dogs actually Jeff Shea was oh okay yeah. wonderful the, actor the, uh, um, the, the the jovial one yeah the one with the long blonde yeah long okay hair. yeah Jeff yeah, he's great but we are doing that scene and it's really close confined quarters because I'm trying to light the set properly and uh, <coughs> you know you can barely see anything because you know you're working with these big lights and so I was like you're going to pull out the gun you're going to shoot him and it's going to be from you to me pretty much Yeah. and uh, Jeff's like I don't know how I'm not going to burn him with this blank because you know it's putting out a big wad of fire and smoke yeah. I was like well just aim to the side a little when you do it the perspective will look like you shot him and so they kept doing it and every take it would hit Brent's leg and by the end of the like five takes later he's got this big burn mark on his pants no I was way. like you okay man he's like yeah one more I think I'm going to catch you on fire I was like okay that's the last one we'll be done soon because those you know, blanks, they spray they out spray a lot of fire, man. It's it's intense. Yeah, see, I, I've been squibbed up, but I've I've never shot a, a real blank on film. I've always oh, I've always done the thing. Even the last one we did with Belisario in Kentucky, it was uh they're gonna put the, the effects, effects in afterwards. I mean, it works sometimes. Rodriguez <laughs> did it on Once Upon a Time in Mexico, and it looked cool. And but everyone yeah. on set wanted the blanks. Oh yeah, no, you know, like they're like yeah, you're like, what are we doing here? We're trying to let's, let's make you know. It adds sun. Too. Yeah. There's um I think there's a scene in Trapper Flint I believe um it's it's when the the Glenn character is walking down the thing with a with a tree or whatever and I wanted to be able to impose a squib shot on the ground because okay. I didn't have squibs that day so I was just like all right someone get the twelve gauge and <coughs> blast a hole right there and we'll just put the two images together and just yeah. blast a real round off it'll look good so yeah it's just lower end shit to me lower end shit yeah it looks cool when it's done man yeah. Yeah, Trapper was fun. Yeah, a lot tra- of fun to do. The, one of my favorite shots was the, um, I think my favorite shot was when he killed all the, uh, the Oh, matter. the girls. Yeah, that, that was, was such a cool man. shot, man, because you're, you're like, you're like, you almost have the POV of getting shot, and you see like some yeah, blood spray yeah. up, and the smoke, that was a real thing with the smoke oh, there, because that, that that's just you fire blank. six shots, it's going to be a lot of Well, we did the take, uh, we did three or four takes. Yeah. Um. That on that particular day, I remember we were really late in the day because my AD had the camera with all the blanks and the tripod in it, and I had to start by like you know, while it still had light, and so she got lost and she didn't show up until later in the day. So I was in a big rush. Um, I had been a little pissed off that she didn't show up on time. So I was a little by the later in the day, I was yeah. a little out of it. It's hard and, when your AD is oh, not yeah, the one yeah, showing up. Yeah, on yeah, time. I was a little pissed <laughs> off that day. Um, but no, it was I, you know we couldn't afford the the squibs, and yeah. so I just had someone down below camera. I was like, when I when the blank goes oh, off, really? chuck the fake blood up in the air, have like a cup of it. Oh, nice! And so bang, chuck, it's bang, cool. chuck, bang, chuck, and it actually looks convincing. When yeah, it looks good because the angle, you know. So yeah, it looks cool. It looks cool. Those girls did not like that. They didn't like getting shot at. No, no. Like, can our characters live? <laughs> no, they didn't like. Well, they didn't like getting shot at with that blank. Oh, oh, oh. They're like, oh, that, that's gonna hurt. I was like, it's a blank. You're not gonna fucking feel it. Just fall <laughs> out, blank. Do it right. That's gonna hurt. That's gonna hurt. The fall's too. gonna hurt. No, well, they weren't falling like properly. There was these four girls up there on the porch. None of them were falling right. 
And I mean, I'm pretty nice to that guy to work with, but it's like, I'm losing light. I'm getting pissy. I was like, if you don't fall down properly, I'm going to make you do it 10 fucking times more and it's going to hurt even more. So just do it right now. And they did They did. Right, they they fell. fell right. Your yeah. drill sergeant worked. Yeah. Like, I'm doing 50 push-ups <laughs> if you don't fall right. Drill sergeant mode. Yeah, yeah drill sergeant. <laughs> yeah, man. Where, wait, where did you shoot that film? Um, well, it was all over the northeast, uh, no, northwest, but um, it was uh, rhododendron, Oregon, uh, Mount Hood, Oregon, where they shot The Shining, actually. Oh, like, okay. Uh, that last little scene when he sees the girl flash up, that yeah. mount, that's Mount Hood, and like right up at the edge is where the Timberline Lodges where Kubrick shot oh, the exterior. Oh, crazy. Still, is that hotel still there? Yeah, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, man. Uh, people like break in and like Timberline stuff Lodge. Like, no, it's no, a real. Like, no, it's a real. It's, it's a real operating? ski lodge. I mean, it's like a real place. The, the hotel tourism. from The Shining is still operating? Yeah, the tourist is insane up there. I mean, oh, wow. There's like hundreds of thousands of people that go there every I'm year. I'm sure. And The Shining, the interiors were all shot in Pinewood Studio and in England. Oh, all okay. the exteriors were this place. And so oh, okay. when Nicholson's running around, all the yeah. wide shots, and they put, that's all up there. But stuff. they don't have like the hallways. That's, that's all the up. hotel feels like feels that like hotel, that. though. It's pretty close. They do not have the, the same room number. It's not there, though. Oh, yeah. It's two, they should. And it's charge room number twice as much. <laughs> people would stay in that. Yeah, Everyone people would stay in that. Yeah. They all want to find the, the room number. Like, which, which one was Jack? No. Yeah. It's not there. It's not there? No, it's not. I, 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 knowing that you were from Alaska watching, I thought you would have filmed it in, in Alaska. Yeah, I would have liked to have. It would have been way more expensive. And uh, I'm not sure if I would have been able to get the horses and shit up there. In the same well, why would it be more expensive? You think? Well, it was more travel budget, okay. first off, number one. It's not that hard. A lot of the actors, because I've, I've done a movie in Oregon before, so I knew a lot of the actors. So you knew crew and people and, there. Yeah, and so I was able to call out a lot of favors and also get some people to work for me up there. And only a few of us were actually traveling up from Los Angeles, and even still, that's you know a cheap ticket. Whereas if you're going to Alaska, it's more expensive. No, it's expensive. Yeah, it's way better. more expensive. There's something interesting. I was thinking about like filming Alaska, you know, because I was there in the summer, oh, yeah. and it's like light all night. Like you don't have to really if your if your movie doesn't use night, oh, yeah. it'd be like amazing. If you're shooting in the summer. Um, if you're shooting you daylight all day, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to worry about the sun. When the town I grew up in, they shot a couple of movies there, but the two of notoriety were uh, Christopher Nolan's Insomnia with okay. Robin Williams and Al yeah. Pacino. And then my personal favorite uh, was uh, The Thing with Kurt Russell. Oh, really? From the 80s. There, yeah? I love that movie. Yeah. Though. Great John Carpenter picture. And they shot that at the Glacier right up where, from where I lived. Okay. Where, where did you grow up? Uh, Hyder, Alaska is the name of the place. Okay. So I think I was telling you, I've been, I was. Um, this nature preserve called Ultima Thule. Oh yeah, that's that's further north. Yeah, it's it was like north. it was like um, like uh, flew into Anchorage, yeah. then flew into um, um, man, it's not coming to me. Mick Mick. Uh, Metlakatla. Macal Macal. Uh, Metlakatla. Metlakatla. I don't know. Alaska's a big. It's state. a big state. I haven't it's seen enough state. of it. I just lived in the south part and down by the Canadian border. Okay. Yeah, but no, it was terrible. You was terrible. Yeah cold and wet and depressing and lonely and yeah, like, you watch movies that was it yeah that was the escape man. that was the escape yeah i'm going back to alaska next year i can't wait oh, that's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it's, fun. If, if you vacation Enjoy. alaska it's unbelievable oh, if you're just visiting it's a blast man. Yeah. yeah but you could tell like you know even in anchorage like a really cool city oh yeah but living that's there, the big one up there it's, yeah living there in the winter i'd be like what are you like it's dark oh, well, almost all day oh, yeah. like oh. i'm like these bars have got to be just packed oh the highest alcoholism per capita in North is America it? and suicide rate, both. Yeah, it's a lot on the uh, on the uh, like the uh, like the the uh, the natives up there too. I have a lot of drug yeah, problems. Yeah, quite a few, man. Yeah, they're very nice people, but yeah, just uh, you know, 
and you get lost in that world because it's so depressing and dark yeah. and lonely and shit up there, man. It's tough. But it was a lot of fun things about growing up there too, which were kind of cool. I mean, I think the isolation was uh, led to you know a lot of inner and self reflection yeah. and shit, which kind of helped me discover what I wanted to be a filmmaker. And uh, you know, also it was like appreciation for these big landscapes and vistas and mountains and a lot of that mm. stuff went into my style yeah because if you watch like you know david lean movies or sergio leone movies there's a lot to be said for just setting up a camera like from a mile away and just showing an amazing landscape yeah. like my personal favorite shot in trapper is the scene when jeff is riding across the horizon and there's a big white mountains in the mm -hmm. back and he's just going across this little layer of snow and i shot that from like a mile away with a with a zoom lens and uh, it's just a beautiful image because yeah. you're just looking at this majestic mountain you know it's kind of cool yeah that's love really it. cool love it man it's something interesting with uh, uh your main character in, in trapper flint where he he could take the hand uh, he could he could basically it's almost like he decides to not do the easy thing and decides to you know um kind of jumbling my words here but you know he's saying either i take her i just take her and kidnap her yeah. and she becomes my wife or i'll do what you want and yeah. go kill this guy yeah, kill the guy for and him. he like he he decides to do the good thing the hard thing and he's uh, punished for it basically oh, yeah. well yeah I, I didn't see anything too noble in what he did he, yeah it was a selfish motive but uh yeah it was it's, in, it's interesting it though. was a good story I, actually of, of all weird things it was inspired by a bible story which sounds weird for a movie like is that. it really but yeah i remember uh, well there was a uh, john the baptist uh, there was this girl that danced for a king or an emperor or something like that and he said all right i'll do anything you want and she went and asked the mother what she wanted he said bring me the head of john the baptist oh. i was like oh hey that's a cool so i should put that in a western and add prostitutes this will be great <laughs> this will be good yeah, it'll be far <laughs> out uh, and i'll end up Sam Peckinpah is my favorite director. He made Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia, okay. which is a wonderful movie. And uh, it's not quite the same story, but it's about a guy going to try to cut a corpse's head off, actually, so that he can get $10,000. Yeah. And that's kind of where the idea came from. As Those well. who haven't seen or how do people watch uh, Bring Me the Head of Capital Flint? You can go get it on DVD or okay, there's, nice. um, there's uh, the streaming links on Amazon. I've every twist, but there's a... For 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 the you know the plot of the story in the title of the movie, oh, yeah. there's a lot of twists. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. There's not just just character twists, and I love the the the, um, the partnership between him and Zachariah's daughter. Oh yeah, yeah, like that. It, that she is was, su she was fun. She was that was that's such a cool. I think that's a cool relationship. Like yeah, it's like I goals can bond people, you know. Very but, much so. I would have liked to have fleshed out a few things a little more in their relationship. It was a little rushed in places. Mm -hmm. uh, I had to make a few edits and cuts that I wasn't particularly fond of in the picture but on a whole I, I, I do like it it's not my favorite film uh, Elvis is my favorite that I've made and then it's obviously it's not about Elvis it's not about Elvis right no no I wish okay. it was it would have yeah. been cool if it was yeah. but no 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 Elvis is uh, is uh, Michael Belsar yeah my best friend great actor you, you, you love Mike you I love, love Mike more. he's the yeah. best um, Mike's why you're on here right I now know, yeah. Yeah. I love the guy to yeah. death but you know he, um, he plays a TV writer who has a, a girlfriend who's an actress and the girlfriend has a used to have a boyfriend who was a sex ma uh, toy maker. Okay. And um, she flew over from Australia to California. She met the TV writer. She fell in love with him. And then she leaves the boyfriend behind and she keeps their dog that they had. So the boyfriend gets pissed off, flies over to America and kidnaps her sister and holds the sister hostage <laughs> for the dog. And they all have to go out in the desert and make the switch. And when they're out there, you know, they bring along a couple of their friends. There's Jeff Shea and Brent Kubrick. Yeah. And they have to make the dog swap out in the desert and shit goes south and sideways. So it was fun. That's awesome. It was cool. It was a lot of, I remember we were shooting the car chases, which are a lot of fun. We had an old pickup truck and uh, like a 1966 El Camino and then a Corvair. 
and uh, we're just doing 80 miles an hour down these roads, hanging off the side of the pickup truck with the camera, yeah. trying to get the shots, you know, and the, the truck's about to fall apart, and every time Michael's in the back, he's like, dude, I think we're about to, about to lose the back of this thing. I was like, yeah. <laughs> That's a good person. It's like, you're fine, man, don't worry about it. We're going to yeah. do another take. Here we yeah. Go. Yeah. And we ended up using, his, strong hands we ended up using his dog, which was cool. Akilah's great. Okay, nice. Yeah, it was fun, man. We had a good time. That's fun. When's, when's that going to when's that gonna come out? I'll be done with posting probably about a month or so. I got just finalizing the sound design and final shit on color grading. The sound takes a while. Huh? Yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a bitch. Sound is a bitch, isn't it? Oh, it's I, awful. I mean, for someone to like, I feel like you know, at least me when I'm doing independent film, and I I'm very un not very technical of yeah, a person. Yeah. Sound is so well, technical from during production, post production. It's so. Well, Trapper, every line in that movie is eighty yard too. Yeah, so what was that? Because, uh, well, two reasons. I hate sound in independent movies usually because yeah. they suck most of the time. Yeah. I mean, you can hear it's like, and sound just takes you out of the world. And I'm watching this beautiful image. I'm like, sound sucks. This yeah, is terrible. Yeah, sound can really take you out. And I was like, well, and we're out in a blizzard most of the time in the snow and the wind and everything. And no matter how much you tried, you were still getting like wind and bumping and the sound. And I'm shooting things from very far away with, you know, zoom lenses and tracking. And the boom's always getting the shot. I was like, fuck it. We're gonna just dub it all in post. It's gonna be like an Italian film. It's gonna be like Leone and Fellini. Yeah, yeah. I don't care if it was good enough for them, it'll be good enough for me. Uh, so that's why we. That's interesting. It seems like a choice. Like, like, it worked. It's a know, western. They well, used to yeah. mouth didn't used to match back in the spaghetti westerns. Why should mine? Yeah. <laughs> well, why do you think sound is uh, so hard in uh, independent films? I don't know. I mean, they're using maybe, right people are like using lobs. They're using a bone here. Yeah, they have. Is good it the gear. sound mixer? Yeah, they don't have usually good mixers on the set most of the time. And then, you know, the sound guy is like the last person in the world who wants to be there usually. And so I've always yeah. like, you know, when you're doing an independent movie, make sure your crew is getting paid really good. Like yeah. Above everybody else. Because they're, they're not happy usually. And it's like, yeah, well, it's, I'm really happy to be here. Yeah. Holding the boom all day. Yeah. I'm going to go further out of the shot. <laughs> yeah. You can hold me go further. Go, okay. Go fuck myself. Yeah. It, it's interesting because they're so vital. Yeah. But it's, um, you know, other people, maybe like the director or actor are going to get notoriety and be able to use yes. this film yes. to further their career. Where a sound guy, a lot of times, like, yeah. you know, he's not going to do a project for free. No, no. You know what I mean? The actor's like, I'll give you a copy, credit, and a meal. And you're like, let's, when are we shooting? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, oh, a meal? Oh, what time on yeah, that? Yeah. Is it pizza? Yeah, pizza. <laughs> but, you know. Papa John's there? Papa John's, yeah. No. Um, yeah, the, when, when it comes to, uh, yeah, like I said, with the actors, especially if it's a good movie that's going to go somewhere. Yeah. They're down for it. You yeah, know? I'm hungry for it. work. I'm just hungry to act yeah, I mean you know? you know, I feel like if you're working in a good project and you have a chance like you said it's going to help your career and it's going to get better and better and better so it's a win but yeah with the crew they don't really give a fuck no, so yeah, you have to make sure that they're getting paid, getting paid yeah. and they're being happy and enjoying themselves on set so yeah it's uh, but yeah it's been fun I, I just movies are a blast it's the best job on earth worst yeah. day making a movie is better than any other day on any other that's job. true who said who's, there was someone that said worst day on set is better than any other day that's a good quote man. that's a good quote that's a damn good quote um yeah, movies are awesome. They are kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to the new one. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very excited. Paper Bullets. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. Yeah, tell me about Paper Bullets. Well, um... Or what you what you want to tell about it. Yeah, yeah, we'll keep it minimal. I don't know. It's okay. Um, yeah, set in 60s, which yeah. is going to be cool as shit. 68, which was a great year for film. We had Bullet and uh, the... Um, was at the uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey, which was exquisite. Mm -hmm. It's piece, Rosemary's Baby, Once Upon a Time in the West. It was a great year for film. And about a movie director who uh, gets his last film made, and the studio loves it, and so they agree to green light whatever he wants to do, and what he wants to do is adapt 
a book that his friend wrote. This crazy Bukowski Thompson-esque writer who lives in the mountains. So he goes to him and he's like, hey, the studio greenlit this. So we're going to do the adaptation. They're going to let you do the adaptation. And he's like, that's great, but uh, I have you know two conditions. Number one, I want to write the book. Uh, I want to write the screenplay on the water. So I have the studio rent a boat. We'll go out on the ocean and we'll do it. So cool. Number two, I want to bring this girl that I've been seeing because uh, I still like her and I'm still kind of into her. And she's an actress. Uh, the girl's played by Laura James. She's beautiful and one of the most talented actresses I've ever ever kind of had the pleasure of working with. She's great. Um, and so they go out on the water to adapt the book. And when they're out there, uh, a girl floats up after about a week on a raft, and she's all battered and torn. She escaped from a sex trade and a gang of cultists, and uh, they're after her, and they try to get her back, and then things turn into craziness. So it should be a lot sounds of fun. Sounds awesome. Yeah, it'll be a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, it sounds yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. And based in, it's, it's, it's in L.A. in the 60s. L.A. in the 60s, yeah. yeah, and then off the coast after that. So it'll be a lot of fun. We'll you know, be shooting in <clears throat> Dantana's yeah, and Dan uh, some of the original... 1960s homes that were around here and the Playboy Mansion. And, That's awesome. Uh, some really, uh, some really exquisite locations will be in use, and uh, just you know, it's it's going to be a lot of fun to, yeah. to shoot it around Los Angeles, and then some stuff up in the mountains, and then out by the oceans. That's cool because you don't you don't have a movie uh, with LA as the background. You know? uh, and I've never done that. No, yeah, no, I've never done that. This will be a first, uh, second time I filmed in California. Uh, third time actually, and the first in LA. Yeah, it's cool. You're talking about like how how mountains can or oh, God yeah. is the best. Oh, gaffer, uh, gaffer. Yeah, I mean, true. There's certain parts of LA that will just oh, tell the story. Get shells, man. Yeah. I was out trying to find a road the other day over in the hills that could like show the Hollywood sign in the background. And I'm like, we're driving all over these yeah. neighborhoods. I'm like, okay, where the hell am I? Yeah. Like, there's got to be a road. Finally, I found the road. It like it just goes this way, and the sign's right, right behind there. it. I was like. Boom. Oh yeah, get the car, drive right through there with the sign in the background. Perfect. Yeah, it's like, beautiful. Yeah, it'll be sick, man. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Hollywood signs interesting. It really? Because it, yeah. it's still, I look at it sometimes and I'm like, we take it for granted. It, oh, you take it for huge granted. Like, yeah, you can, the Hollywood you can, you can signs see it from over. my window up here. It's kind of yeah, it's just there. Now. It's just kind of there. But every once in a while, I'll look at it and try to look at it like I would have looked at it when I was in like high school. I cried the first time I saw it. Did you cry the first I time? Did. I did. I came. It? I was living in uh, El Segundo. And I came over the hill. And it's so weird because now I just, I literally, I walk down Hollywood Boulevard now and I'm just like, yeah, fuck this place. And I move. like, come on, what is with all this shit? All these yeah. people. Yeah. Um, but when I first like came over the hill and I was like looking at, I wanted to go find Tom Cruise's sign because there's like a big fan back then. I was yeah. like, where's Tom Cruise's sign? And then I saw the sign coming down the hill. I was like, it's there. There it is. a sign. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it got me. And now it's just, yeah, it's cool. It's there. It's up there. It's fun. Yeah. Hasn't fallen down yet. Not yet. LA has, LA has such a allure. Like, I remember growing up in Utah and just yeah. just looking at pictures of LA would get me, like, oh, yeah. feeling like, oh, like magical almost somehow. It is. Like, I was like, oh, that's the, that's the place. Land of broken hopes and dreams. <laughs> Land of broken hopes and dreams. <laughs> that, a lot of people have had that feeling and then get here and then. Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, that was the thing, you know, because you see, and, and you, as you know, there are a lot of people who want to make films, and mm -hmm. uh, whether it's cinematographer, director, producer, actor, writer, they all want to do this shit. And, you know, deep down inside, there's, you know, a smaller margin that, that make it. And, you know, I, it, there are a bigger margin that make it in some respect, but I think when I was a kid and I was looking at all this, all these people, it's like, you know, you're not going to get successful if you go where the crowd is, if you're going to every audition and every casting call and you're 
getting a job over here and working as an assistant doing that doing that. it's like you need to forge your own path mm-hmm. go do something different whether that's as an actor or a director put yourself in the right situation go meet the right people go out there with almost nothing and do something big and grandiose and slap them in the face and then go I did that and I did that with almost nothing and give me a little more and show me what I can do and if you do that enough you can forge something unique and whatever profession you choose to do that's how you define yourself just go away from where the crowd is and do your own thing that's beautiful so, said beautifully said yeah, yeah i think i think if a lot of people get stuck in that well you know that. i mean you're system. making great pictures and mike's making great yeah. pictures and sharon a lot of this stuff comes from personal relationships it's all personal relationships, i mean right. you know this person or knows that person i mean it's not nepotism it's just cool i mean if yeah. i, I want to work with the same people over over because like, yeah. i don't like the new awkward feeling of like ah Shit. I have my own style. I'm a little bit abrasive sometimes. Yeah. I don't want to have to apologize every five minutes. They get me. They know me. They love me. And now we work together and we're family. And so you, you get it. And if you like someone and you like working with them, like, you know, the picture, the, the moose picture there, yeah. like that, you know, that you got a director who comes in or the stuff that you guys do with York. He's like, I like you guys. Come in, do this, yeah. do that. Or it's just family. It makes sense. It's family, man. It's yeah. connections. And you see that, that. That just is played over and over again where directors work with a certain group of actors. Oh, all the time. Producers man. and... Quentin and Scorsese and Beckenbaugh and Ford you're, and all those guys. You're gonna go be. You're gonna go. You know, to Kentucky for a month. Don't you want to be with like people you like? I know. Like if you can choose, stuck out in the middle of butt fuck nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right. Bottle of whiskey. They stopped serving booze at nine thirty, huh? Yeah. I thought this was Kentucky. That sucks. Yeah. I see the shirt you're wearing. Blame the bourbon. Yeah, but who not? <laughs> I'm actually a tequila man, but yeah, the shirt. Are you was tequila cool. man? Oh, I love it. Oh, yeah, it's a problem. What, what's your favorite tequila? I like Casanegos. Do I like Casa? Do you the silver? Oh, I like the the, the like, Reposado. Okay, that's the one that gets me going. Casanegos is so smooth. I had a buddy of mine. He called it Clooney Cum. I was like, that's Clooney pretty Cum. Cool. Like, <laughs> you made me made a, a oh, shooter at Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is good but stuff though. It's, it's really smooth. Oh, it's delicious. I remember when like in, like in college, it was like. Uh, Patron was like this thing. I was like, oh, that's Patron's good. like paint thinner now. Yeah, like, Patron, I, I was like, ah, oh, god. I, I agree. It's terrible. I like good 1942. Oh, Oof. a little Don Julio. Get, get that. Just the bottle by itself is sexy. Oh, Pull it out. It's like it's like an old antique gun. I want to look at this? Yeah, I know. Can I touch it? Yeah, I touch it. I can oh, drink it too. This is amazing. Yeah, Don Julio's good. Oh, that's cool shit. Yeah, there's um, yeah, tequila. Uh, tequila is a song, but tequila by the Champs, 1957. Yeah, I love old music too, man. There's nothing like it. Just... You perform, you you did the original score for Trapper. Yeah, I well. did do that. Yeah, uh, it was it was. Well, I don't know if it was a style choice because it was a composer I love working with, Miles Ito. I made my third film with him. I'm probably gonna make um, paper with him, mm-hmm. and he's brilliant. But when it came around time to do Trapper, there's a Jim Jarmusch movie called Dead Man with Johnny Depp. Okay, and it's an amazing black and white western. If you get a chance to see it, and Neil Young did the whole soundtrack, and he did it on an electric guitar, the whole movie. So I was just like, isn't it kind of cool? Just one guy doing the score on a guitar? It's very minimalistic. Mm-hmm. It's more atmospheric and kind of ambient, you know, style of music. And I was like, that'd be cool. And I thought up some themes, and I just sat down and watched the movie, and I played the guitar through, and I was like, oh, that works there. I like that way that sounds. And I just tried to piece it together. And it works. It's a good soundtrack. It's like a good it. soundtrack. And yeah. you get to make exactly what, I mean, if you are, you can make exactly yeah. what you want. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, it was fun, man. Yeah. It was, it was very, very so cool. So you stopped doing the acting, but then you got into the, the sound. You got score. into the score part <laughs> the score. of it. You got <laughs> to yeah. switch one piece for another, like you know, Indiana Jones taking the Well, paper the will jewels. be the first time that I've kind of just stepped back into doing just 
really just two jobs. Right. Because I, yeah, nothing else. Uh, I mean, I'm going to have a DP on this film because I've you done shot every camera things, work yeah. on every one of my other pictures, which is fun because I love photography. I do, mm. but it does eat up a lot of your time. It's very demanding to be running the camera and setting everything up yeah. and then also trying to direct the actors a little can get lost in translation sometimes. Yeah, sure. So that makes it a little trickier. But yeah, I, I, I love the visual aspect of filmmaking. I don't know why more directors don't like getting their hands on the camera. Yeah. It's like, that's the whole fun of it. That's the camera. Really that's what you're it, making yeah. the movie with. That's like the best toy a kid ever had, man. Yeah. It was uh, Orson Welles said, the, the greatest toy a man will ever have is a movie studio. I was like, that's pretty good, man. <laughs> that's a cool <laughs> toy. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's far out. We'll have to make a picture together one day. That'd be fun. I'm, I'm in. Maybe we'll do a picture together. Yeah. We'll do, I want to do a big Western after Paper Bullets down in Mexico. I was telling everybody about that. Oh, yeah. It's Mike and Jeff and the boys. And that'd be fun to bring on. We'll go down to Mexico and blow some shit up. That'd that be sounds, cool. I'm in. That'd be sounds, cool. That sounds awesome. Oh, I love those Mexican Westerns, man. You think like northern Mexico, like the desert? Oh, like, yeah. That'd be beautiful, man. Or either that or like go over where they shot the spaghetti Westerns in Spain. That'd be beautiful. Oh, That's wow. where they shot the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, it is where they shot that? Yeah. I was like, that'd be fucking cool. Just do everything out there in Spain. Yeah, because cool. you know they don't do really many good westerns anymore. Not many that Not I like. Right. I love Quentin's westerns. I love the Coen Brothers. They're amazing. They're, they got a new western coming out. Yeah, Ballad of Buster Scruggs yeah. is the trailer. It looks dope. Yeah, it looks dope. It looks dope. Yeah, but they're so talented. And the true, uh, the true grit that they did, the remake, it was yeah. very good. And no, uh, No Country for Old Men. No Country for Old Men is unbelievable. Masterpiece. That is a masterpiece. <sighs> Not a piece of music in the whole film, but you never get bored. There isn't a piece of music I don't even, I don't, you don't even realize. The whole movie, it's all sound effects. Every little detail. The way it's cut, every little image God. is just supposed to be there. Every shot just flows. Yeah, you f- yeah. Oh, it's it, perfect. It is an amazing movie. It is perfect. What kind of pictures do you like? Well, give me five that you really dig. Oh, you're going you're gonna to put me on the wall. Inglorious Bastards. Okay, all right, we'll do it. Yeah, Inglorious Bastards. I also have some, you know, my, a lot of my inspiration to really get into movies and acting yeah. were really wacky 90s comedies. Oh, really? So I hold them tight. Okay. Hey, I got my Ace Ventura. Oh, we're gonna do I got Ace. My, I got my Beverly Hills Ninja. Like I'm, hol- I'm holding those to my chest. Okay. No one's taking them away from me. Keeping those, <laughs> yeah. man. I'm keeping those. I'm keeping them. But then, you know, Saving Private Ryan. Okay. Is I'm I am a huge fan. Well, Spielberg's of, great. I mean, Spielberg's amazing, and anything set in World War II, I'm kind of a sucker for. Did you see Fury? I saw Fury. Oh, I loved it. You loved it. Oh, I loved. Yeah. it. Yeah, I thought it was a perfect film. That's in every way. See, when I when I see a World War II movie, I compare it to Saving Private Ryan. It's like it's immediate. Like I'm, I'm, I'm just like checklist, like every little thing. Is it like Ryan and this one? Like no. this one? No, no, no. Well, it's out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I enjoyed Fury for what it was, but to me, it does not hold a. Uh, you don't like the, as, as, not the same punch as Ryan? Well, you know, what, I think the main thing for Fury, to me, that um, I didn't like as much as saying Private Ryan, is that in Fury, I felt like the Germans were a video game bad guy. Yeah, I, they weren't as tangible. They were just, you know, getting shot and getting down shot. a little bit. We're in Saving Private Ryan, where you 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 get to know some of the Germans, yeah, especially the one you smoke. They smoke a cigarette with them. He talks, and they, oh, yeah. then he, they're, then they're shooting at him again, and that kind of element to me. Um, you know, that, that's just one element, but that is something that was probably the most striking to me in Fury, where the, the enemies kind of just felt like, yeah. uh, you know, they, they didn't feel like real people. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you show the other side um, in a sympathetic way, it just makes you more of an empathetic filmmaker. Yeah. Like Eastwood did with uh, Letters from Iwo Jima, where you show, mm-hmm. you know, the Japanese side of the conflict. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Was great. I, I, like, I like touching on that, and then you... I almost like. I did, did you see um, Operation Finale? 
No, I have not seen that yet. That's just, with Oscar just, Isaac. Right? Yeah, Oscar Isaac and, and uh, Kingsley. Ben Kingsley and an actor named uh, Greg Hill who I just had on on the podcast. Oh, He's nice. a, he plays a, a character of Moshe Tabor. But that movie does something really interesting where, you know, I'm Jewish. I yeah. They bring in this Nazi guy that was started, you know, came up with the final solution. Yeah. Like, I hate him. <laughs> I hate him. But what they do in this movie is that they don't just treat him like just some, you know, black and white figure of just yeah. horrible person. He actually has qualities that you kind of like about a person. Yeah, they flesh and then, out part And then you're like, fuck. You start in your mind, you're like, I can't not. Why do I? Why? How did I just laugh at his joke there? That's the beauty when you can make a villain that is so repugnant, but yeah. you actually find yourself entertained and, and God knows, maybe once in a while, thinking. And B- Bastards is the greatest example when he does that analogy of a rat and a squirrel. Yeah. And he's like, you don't know why you hate the rat, but you just know you do. And for half a second, you're almost going, shit, that actually makes sense. Fuck! Oh, you know he's the bad guy. Let's yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta get away from him. We, he's yeah, the bad guy. He's bad guy. Yeah. yeah that's it, brilliant. You know? Well, it's it's scary to think that you know, quote unquote, bad guys have justifications for what they do. No bad guy thinks he's a bad guy. No, no bad guy thinks he's a bad guy, and Every, that that is if so. You play him like that. He's that's gonna be a shitty villain. You that's play interesting. Him like he's a good guy. Yeah. Absolutely. But what I, what I loved about Fury, I love. I just loved you know that most of the movie took place inside a tank. Yeah, wow. I mean, yeah, that was kind of cool. That was—I thought that was bad. The acting was terrific. Too. The acting was terrific. Shia LaBeouf was amazing. I was really impressed with yeah. him. he's a really good actor. He's a great actor. Really good actor. He, he doesn't get enough credit. He, um, no, Shia LaBeouf was one of my early inspirations too. Like oh, he's talented. Middle well, school, man. watching like the movie Holes, I was like, I can be <laughs> like this. I can do this. Oh god. Yeah, if you just forget Transformers and how he fucked up Indiana Jones, everything else is great. Indiana Jones is rough. Is that his fault? No, probably not. I don't know. <laughs> oh, the yeah. swinging around with, with the monkeys on the tree there, that was just a bit much. Because I don't mind the movie. I had fun. Yeah. But when they, they, they did that, I was just like, nah, what are you doing? Come on. Because Temple of Doom is actually my favorite Indiana Jones movie. Okay. Which is not that popular of an opinion. Everyone likes Raiders or Last Crusade. Sure. It's like, no, I like the dark one. Where the guy gets his heart ripped yeah. out. Ali Ma. What are they? Ali Ma. fucking rips his heart out. And you got like the sexy blonde and this kind of damsel in distress and the funny little kid. And I was like, this is, this is great. Because yeah. it was the darkest entry. Lucas and Spielberg were both going through a divorce at that time, so they were both like super miserable and dark. I was like, All right, let's make a dark Indiana Jones movie. Wow, so, nice. Yeah, it was great, man. It was it was a lot of fun. It was more like um, the other ones were like the adventure serials of the '30s. This one was kind of like Gunga Din a little bit with Cary Grant and some of the darker underworld serials. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah. I saw they got a new director for the new James Bond. I saw, yeah, so yeah, it's gonna I saw be cool. Yeah. Uh, Kerry, I think I'm gonna probably fuck up his name. Yeah. Kerry Fukunaga, I believe is how yeah, you pronounce it. Yeah, and he's uh, he directed True Detective season okay, one. Okay, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, which I loved, which is Ooh, awesome. That was great. Yeah, season one was amazing. It was brilliant, man. So that that, yeah, that could be cool. And they also just announced today that they're doing the uh, the Space Jam too. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's see if Big LeBron news. can act or not. Yeah, be I interesting. Know. I know, he's a got lot a, riding on that. He's got another movie coming out, like an animated picture with Does Channing he? Tatum. And it's called Smallfoot or something like that. Oh, okay, that's he's Smallfoot. Doing a voice. I think that's out. Is it out already? I think it's in. Yeah, he's doing a voice or something in the picture. I mean, that's kind of the reason, half the reason he came to the Lakers. <laughs> I, for sure. Moved to Los Angeles. He's got, a, he's got an movies. office on the Warner Brothers a lot. Oh, that's a trip. Spring Hill Entertainment. Moved to LA and make some movies. And moved to LA and make some movies. Kazam. <laughs> well, so I love Space Jam growing up. You did. Yeah, it was fun. I guess I always loved the Looney Tunes characters. They're great. Yeah, I watched Space Jam when I was six, and then because it came out in '96, I was six, and then I was. I like, was one. You were one. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> that's that's something that's super impressive to me that 
you've made five feature films. You're five, 23? Yeah, 23. Like, how? That's it's crazy, one, right? One a year. One a year, pretty much. Yeah, one, eight, two, nine. Like, that's not normal. Yeah, and I'll have this one in the can before I turn 24. So, so you'll have six, cool. before, have you're six 24. before 24. We'll start shooting this thing in about two weeks. And I should have everything in the can by the end of November, probably. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. I mean, that's like... There was a it. couple of directors who did it young. Uh, Kubrick was 26 when he did Spartacus, I believe. Okay. And Spielberg was like 25 or 26 when he did Jaws. Yeah. yeah. Very young. There's a, you know, there's a lot of people, as an, for an actor, that say, you know, you really learn uh, on the stage. Yes, you That's do. how you learn. You don't learn in class when there's the stakes nah. aren't there. So for you, like you've really learned making the movies. Like that you said, you yeah, said my, like, my, first, film school. my first two movies were shit or whatever. They were. You know? They're terrible. That but, was my film school. I didn't have to go to college and pay for it. I just went out and did it. And learned. That's super valid, right? Fucked up and made them better and then kept going. The amount of money people spend to go to film school, if you oh, took that ridiculous. same money you and you made a couple of, made a couple of movies, you'd learn. I mean, how much more? It's, it's scarier, fun, actually. but you'd learn so much more. You're having fun. You're learning how to work with actors and framing and composition yeah. and how to deal with problems. Being a director is just kind of like wrangling cats all day. It's like, okay, <laughs> let's keeping the cats that. happy. Do that. Come on, stroke you your did, fur a little yeah, bit. You did good. You yeah, did it was good. good. You get a treat now. Yeah, okay, all right, fine. now come on. <laughs> come on over and do this for me. Yeah. That's good. No, yeah. don't go there. No, no, no. It's a bit like Cat that. wrangler. That's funny. Yeah, it's far out. So if you had $100 million, what kind of movie would you make? Ooh, that's a good one. I don't know. I mean, I, I've I've never been more excited to do what I'm about to do because I love the '60s in this period yeah, this time. Okay. So I would, that would be tempting to want to do something like that on a bigger scale. Realistically, though, I'd probably go make like just the biggest, most grandiose, epic western you've ever seen in your life. With like, you know, all right, today we're getting a thousand extras. Fuck the CGI. Did it all go out in that field. Lawrence of Arabia. Come oh on. my goodness! Come up over the hill with a train and blow the train up with real, real. It's not not in post. We're gonna do this right now. For real, yeah. And you know, let's have an airplane fly overhead because it's 1914. That'll be cool. Yeah. And blow the plane up too while you're at it. And yeah. I want 70 millimeter film, please. Thank <laughs> you. Get me those big Panavision lenses. All right, ones. let's go. Yeah, that would be the dream. So yeah. Hopefully one day we'll get to do something like that. That'll yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. I see. I mean, we've made five, six. You just keep getting better and bigger with each one. By the time you're 27, you know. You're <laughs> up to 12 movies. Yeah, you 12 <laughs> movies and you'll get a $100 million budget. It'd be nice to yeah. do like uh, 30 or 40 movies before I die. That'd be fun. Yeah. Like, yeah. well, you're on the track. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. It's a good job. So, uh, yeah, I like your advice on um, just going out and making the movie. Got to. I think it was Cameron who said, you know, if you take a, f it doesn't matter if it's with your friends and you have a little flip phone or whatever, you shot a movie, your director, slap your name on it and say, hey, I make film. Yeah. It doesn't matter how good it is at, at the start because we all suck at whatever we do when we start doing it. That's mm -hmm. just the nature of life. You're yeah. not good in your first relationship. You're not a good first child. You're not good when you go to work at any job. You yeah. learn and you get good at it. And if you have enough time in life to get good at one thing, I'm convinced of that. Don't do try too many things. Don't do too many things. Find what you love very early. Dedicate yourself to it, and then you become one with it, and then it becomes you become bigger because you're a part of something bigger, and then you get to be really good at that one thing. And fuck everything else. Let's end on that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good note. Yeah, that's a good. Thanks, man. All right, nice Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Take. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and give it a good rating and a review. I'd really appreciate it.